0: Hello and welcome to Tape Ops Discussion, where we call our friends and music community notables to chat about their favorite records. Enjoy. Hello. Heyba, it's Jeff.
1: How's it going, man?
0: It's going good. How are you?
1: I'm okay. How's life?
0: Welcome to Discussion, I'm Jeff Stanfield, and this week we have our friend and mastering engineer, Heba Kadri, discussing Manuel Guching's E2-E4. So you sent me this this record, which I will admit I had never heard of, and I was super thrilled about that. Um, Manuel Guching. Yes. Yeah. E two E four. Why'd you send me this record?
1: Um, I sent you this record because it was pretty, um, kind of pretty mind blowing when you read about the history of it. Um, that he sort of unexpectedly is the godfather of minimal techno, and he only realized until much later on that like a lot of like underground clubs were playing this particular record which was a complete happenstance like he he'd built this studio and it was like sort of slowly accumulating all these like synthesizers it was that era of synthesizers and just sort of experimenting with modulars and he I think I read that he wanted to make an album that he can listen to on a plane or something like that that could like calm him. And so it was supposed to be like this really sort of calming record and it it ended up being this like perfect sort of rhythmic minimal uh masterpiece.
0: Right, he made this he made this record in in like 1 hour live.
1: One sitting. Yeah, it's like 60 minutes, I believe. Um and yeah, and e two e four. He he was. I think he grew up playing chess. His dad was like a chess master. E two e four was like a uh, is like a basic chess move, and he wanted to sort of honor his dad in that way. And 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 or he had the concept of making a record called e two e four, but then the record came after, and then that's why the cover is like a, a chess table. And he he didn't even want to put any text on the back of the record cuz he wanted people just to play chess on you know on the actual vinyl sleeve pretty cool but you know it's 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 actually it's like my favorite type of like electronic music is the sort of electronic music you can't really dance to which which is what this is you know he's uh he's the guitar player in Ashra, and uh, I've I've I love Ashra. I'm I'm such a huge fan of Ashra, especially the the record Blackouts. And uh, um, a friend of mine had told me that Manuel Goching had had done E2 E4. You should check that out. And then I I I did, and I was like, whoa, holy shit, this is this is amazing. And the more I read about it, the more I was like, this is such like one of those. You know records that happen in the in the perfect time and space, um, and it just kind of became what it is now. And the and the and the amazing thing about it is like he he put it out like every single reissue of this record has been independent. Like he he put it out all himself. And I think there was a a, a reissue version of it that came out in two thousand sixteen. And I I can't remember who cut it, but you know it's it's a it's a pretty long side. You know you really don't want to go over like the 20 minute mark you know for a record at 12 inch at 33 and a third rpm because then it starts to like really degrade especially towards the inner diameter but for some reason like this record sounds fantastic on vinyl like it doesn't sound distorted or shitty or and and, you know the level is pretty good like so whoever cut it did an amazing job um but yeah that's i'm I'm such a fan of that record i can just put it on and like cook or do whatever and it's just such a great records so many moving parts um and it's just such a a minimal masterpiece
0: yeah i i you know you mentioned um the Ashra stuff and and i have to say i like it and and uh but i find it gets pretty proggy and noodly at times and e2 e4 it lets me think a little more freely about other things rather than being kind of drawn out of my thoughts with some of you know, the Ashra stuff. So, and having never really explored him or his music before, I, I did, you know, and I've started with this record and then I sort of did a little research and listened to a bunch of his other stuff. And I really, I came back to this one and was like, it's sort of the one.
1: Right. It is sort of, the, it is the one. And, and again, like he, you know, when you, when you read his interviews and, you know, people are always like, tell us, talk to us about this record. And he's like, I, He's just such like a he's like, I don't know what to tell you. This was one of those like I made four recordings in like a week, and this was the perfect one that was like all one take. It didn't need any e q or retracking or 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 rebalancing or anything. It was just what you hear is exactly what came off of his console. and uh, I, I just I just really I love that about this record. It was just sort of this perfect. And it, you know, it harkens a lot to like, People like Terry Riley and, and this is the idea of like repetition and, and, and sort of drone, I guess. Uh, but also like a lot of moving parts coming in and out. Um, that Like he's just like perfected that down to a T, you know.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting that he wanted to make it for travel because it sort of gives you some insight into how his mind's eye sees travel. I don't know if that makes sense, but I thought like, yeah, yeah I totally see him sitting on a train looking out a window.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one of those like wonderful, you know, just it kind of takes you somewhere else kind of records.
0: Yeah, oh. do, you, do you remember when you first heard it?
1: I think I first heard it like, I, you know, I was really deep into people like Michael Rother and and like an ashra, but I didn't really know that Manuel Goching, who was one of, you know, who was Asher, uh one of the members of Asher, I didn't know that he'd done like these solo recordings until a friend of mine had told me, I think it must've been like 2012 or something. And then I just like, I dove, you know, I dove really deep and, and uh, you know, this, this one was for me, like the one that I always go back to. And, you know, I, I only very recently, I bought the, the reissue, and which was like about three or four years ago on vinyl. Um, so yeah, that was, that. that's my story with Manuel. Love it. There's really not much to say about it besides it's such like a, a simple, minimal record and it, 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 it fostered a whole genre of music in a way. Um, you know, the kind of like, dance music that's not really necessarily danceable not like the thumping kind of dance music you would expect uh, but just like the 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 rhythmic aspect and the minimalism of it like really birthed in a way like minimal techno which it's awesome
0: yeah but you don't hear his name come up very often how come this has never come up
1: I know and and even like the pe- people who, the, who are into kraut rock like don't really even know because he's you know part of that you know the kraut German yeah. sort of uh uh group and and a lot of folks don't know about him necessarily in his solo work there's like other people that sort of take that limelight and it's it's yeah it's it's a total weird record that you know inspired so many people and it just sort of bubbled up like slowly over time through DJs who would use it and either remix it or or people like Larry Levan and and you know, would play it in the club, and and you know, and he himself, like the artist himself, was like, "You dance music? What this this record? Like, what are you even talking about? There's no, there's no thumping beat or anything. It's just very, very, very minimal, but extremely. It's extremely rhythmic. Like, it's 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 um, you could see how it, it can inspire people to 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 sort of take elements of it and and make something else with it.
0: Yeah, and it. You know, we live in a time where. <laughs> immediacy is king and patience is you know waning and everything is so eight second video or whatever it tells me of a different time it marks a different time but it but it is super futuristic still
1: right and he also talks about how in the era when he was making that record was like a real renaissance period in in germany and especially in berlin when people were like sort of you know, using, you know, all these, like, abandoned warehouses and, and you know, just playing music and sort of... And especially after, you know, the unification in the 90s and how, um, you know, it was really, I think, in the 90s when the record, like, start, started to have, like, a serious resurgence. Um, uh, and so, you know, it, a lot of his music is very politically... Just like any artist, like, politics kind of moves... You know a lot of artists and and informs like what kind of music they make and in that era in in Berlin like people were experimenting a lot like you know you know you you had the birth of of krautrock and and you know minimal guitar and and then and then of which she was what you know one of the pioneers and then and then obviously this record which you know birthed minimal techno so um, it is it is it is really really cool and I, and I just I just love listening to it and just putting it on and 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 doing something else like it's, it's it's really it's it's one of my favorite dinner party records actually
0: well i thank you for sending it because i i've been enjoying it immensely
1: awesome glad you like it
0: Thanks for listening. Discussion is created by TapeOp, the creative music recording magazine. Free subscriptions are available at tapeop.com along with our regular podcast and online content.